So Elisha and I have recorded quite a few podcasts on romance and sex and intimacy with young kids and all the, the all of those things, but it has been a while since we've done one. And in the season or the in the mood, I guess, of Valentine's Day and love, we decided to jump on here and do another one. And I think the thing with marriages that are really good isn't necessarily that they have a ton of secrets. It's just that they get good at doing these basic foundational, simple things. They get good at them and they do them very, very well. And so it's something that maybe we've mentioned some of these things before. Maybe these aren't going to be new to you. You've heard them from somebody else, but I think it's so good that we go back and we re revisit the basics and just remember that, yeah, maybe romance is the icing on the cake, but it also is one of the biggest reasons we chose to get married. It was one of our biggest motivators to get married. And I do think romance is one of the most important things that keeps us in love. And I put that in air quotes, but it's fun to be in love. So why not? Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I know that we're gonna have a fun time recording it. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Well, here we are talking romance love once again and as you said already katie in the intro it's kind of in the name or in the mood as you said in of valentine's day and this is one of those episodes where katie and i thought it best to each come up with three points because i think something like romance you can just talk and talk and talk about and you can we sometimes katie and i will both be so excited to talk about a subject we'll talk over each other or we'll take their point. We'll be like, no, I wanted to say that point. And, and then the episode will go way too long, or maybe in fear of it going too long, one of us will refrain from sharing our point. And so Katie's got three points. I don't, I don't know what they are. And I've got three points. And I don't think you know what they are. Although we've probably heard each other talk about them before. Yeah. So if you guys aren't familiar with us, maybe you're a new listener, then Elisha and I have been married. Well, this, this podcast episode actually is coming out on the day we got engaged. February 16th nice. and we will have been married six years or 15th. In yeah. The 15th May. I think we got engaged on the 16th. Oh, so two days after Valentine's day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> well, I can't enough. ever remember that, but you do remember our anniversary. So yes. that's what's important. I always get that one. I always get that one right. Uh, you know, well, the problem, the reason I never forget the day that we were engaged on is because I always thought growing up that Valentine's day was on February 15th. Yeah. You mean that, the day that the reason why you do forget? Yeah. The reason that I do forget what day, because so I always thought we got engaged the day after Valentine's day, but it was two days after Valentine's day. <laughs> uh, Valentine's day always sneaks up on us. So we, we have had quite a few of our babies the first week in February or shortly after. And yeah. so we have been like postpartum through a lot of Valentine's days and Valentine's has kind of been an afterthought. Hmm. So it's, it's not like a huge holiday for us, but I'm excited to talk about this. We did want to mention top five Tuesday though, before we dove in. Really? Cause you, when I was talking about the points, did that just get you thinking about that? The three points? Well, it got me thinking points? about it because it's legitimately the highlight. One of the highlights of my week, wow. Elisha's sends me the top five Tuesday email, which is basically like our family newsletter of things that we don't share on Instagram or here on the podcast. It's, it's exclusive. You either get it or you don't. And every time he sends it to me to read through, I just die laughing. Wow. It's so good. He's such a comedic writer. And so, yeah, it's, it's things that we're reading. It's things that we're learning. It's funny things the kids say, uh, but it's also just really entertaining. So 
Nice. Thanks for the plug. It's like a, yeah, it's one of my personal plugs there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're one of my personal pluggers. I like it. I'm Thanks a personal for doing that. plugger. I love it. I love when new people subscribe to the email list because I do enjoy writing the weekly newsletter and it, um, it only gets seen by people that are on the email list. Like there's no other places for people to find this where you're like, if you come out with the blog and maybe not as many people read it as you were hoping for in the first week, you're like, oh, well, it'll be there forever, you know, and so maybe it'll get, it'll pop again and people will be able to read it down the road. Whereas with this, it's just on the email. So like if you, if you aren't subscribed on that Tuesday, then you're not going to ever see that email ever again. So yeah, I, you can go to now that we're a family.com and you can see the, see where to sign up there or we'll have it linked in the show notes. Nice. I love so it. So wanted to talk about that before we got started. There's also one more thing I wanted to talk about. Let's hear it. This is one more like preface thing, little pre. Yeah. A little preface thing is that all marriages go through times that aren't romantic and you don't live at a 10. So a 10 uh, the 10 I'm referring to is like on a scale of one to 10, one being you're at total odds with your spouse. It seems like there's this huge divide between you and 10 being like we're in Cabo by ourselves and it's just romantic and fun. And Cabo was probably the wrong place to mention. I was going to say, I thought Cabo was the biggest fight <laughs> and, of our career. You know, so. we had some of our highest highs and lowest lows in Cabo. So Anyways, but, you know, just a very romantic destination and you're having the time of your life and you forget mm. that you're parents and you just feel like kids again. Mm. So that's a 10. And none of us live there all the time. So even though I do feel like Elisha and I have a very romantic, fun marriage, we've talked about here on the podcast seasons where maybe physical intimacy hasn't come easily for us or we have had to work to strive towards that 10. I do think it's always worth striving for. Hmm. Uh, so episode 88 on the podcast is where we kind of talk through a season where I had a really low sex drive in our marriage hmm. and how that affected our marriage. And and we talked about it very real time. So anyways, if you, if you find yourself in that season and you aren't in a season where marriage is real sparky and fun, don't feel like we haven't had those seasons too. Yeah. That's certainly just almost like a prerequisite. I feel like for healthy marriages is that they go through a season of not feeling that 10 out of 10, you know, the movies are made and books are written oftentimes about the 10 out of 10 and it not just in romance in any aspect of life like the you know when you get when you reach the goal that's what we all love hearing about and when the mission's accomplished we love seeing that but it's usually years and hundreds and thousands of hours that go into that and in that time there's so many highs and lows um, but I think that even in those highs and lows Katie you've done such an incredible job of keeping our our marriage fun and romantic and playful even if we weren't, like you said, really feeling it at the time, which actually kind of leads to my first point. So maybe I'll, We're diving in. I'll steal the first point here. And this, I've my second two points are a little bit more are like pretty practical, maybe painfully practical, but this one's more con conceptual. It's a little bit more big picture. And that is, you know, we've all probably heard the phrase mood follows action, but I love thinking about that in regards to romance because for most of us, we experience romance early on in our relationship, maybe when we first meet and then we date and then we're engaged. And and we think that this romance is something that just kind of happens to us where you meet the person, you've got these feelings that wash you away into this, you know, this life of adventure where you're pursuing the person and you're thinking of fun, creative things to do for them or to say to them so that they will know how much, you know, affection you feel 
towards them. And so oftentimes you get into marriage and that that rush fades because uh, you're with the person all the time. The chase is over. You know, you signed on the dotted line. You're in that marital covenant with one another. You've got un, you know, what you know the agape love. You know, you've got that 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 love that you don't have to like work for anymore. I mean, as soon from the as the person. Greek comes into play, I fall asleep. So, <laughs> or I was trying to what what what's the it's I like think the it's, un un what's it, un. Uh, Unconditional? Not unconditional. Thank you. You've got the unconditional love. And that obviously is a beautiful aspect of marriage. That there's unconditional love in marriage where like I, I love Katie and I'm going to be loyal to her and faithful to her regardless of what I feel like I'm getting from her or how much I'm enjoying it because that's the beauty of the covenant, covenant of marriage. However, I love romance. And I think everybody, if they're honest with themselves desires to have a romantic marriage. Again, that's why, like you said at the beginning, Katie, that was a big reason why you entered into marriage in the first place, because there was this romantic key and aspect to the relationship. But we don't have to wait for it to come sweep us away like we did maybe when we were dating and when we were engaged, where it was just kind of this wave. We can actually create romance through action. So I love that phrase, mood follows action, because we often think of romance as being kind of a mood that we find ourselves in. It's like, well, if you want that mood, then identify actions that put you in that mood, that put your spouse in that mood, that make you feel those feelings that you felt when when the when the moods were just coming to you. Do the moods still just come to you sometimes? And you get rushes of romance when you're, you know, holding hands and, and the sun setting or Whatever it is, your spouse does something amazing. And you just think when you look at you look at them, you think, "Oh my goodness, what a what an amazing person!" Yeah, I love those moments too. But why not create more of those moments through taking action? Yeah, you know, I think of that circle. It's it's a pretty popular concept, and again, this is a stereotype, so it's not always true. But often, men feel um, after they have sex, they feel emotional closeness. And often women want to feel that emotional closeness before they have sex. And so that's why there's often a standoff with the intimacy side of romance, because if one partner is not feeling it, it's really hard to initiate or respond because you aren't feeling the thing that makes you feel the feel like you want to do the action or whatever. So I was thinking of that as you were talking, I think any either spouse can break that negative cycle or Mm. circle because the husband can choose to emotionally love his wife and fill her needs, even when he's not feeling close, or maybe they haven't had that physical intimacy and the wife can choose to give her husband physical intimacy before she feels that emotional closeness from him. Mm. And I think that is something that is really cool about the gift of sex is that it can, um, it can be sacrificial, but it can also start a positive mood or a positive, uh, closeness in the relationship. Love it. I love how you just jumped to assuming I was talking about sex when I was talking about mood following action. Well, Elisha- like there's, <laughs> I feel like there's other things that are romantic in our marriage. Wouldn't you say? Well, I would say that, but I also would say that, uh, I, I really do like sex in our marriage. And I think that says a lot about who you are as a husband to me. The fact that, you know, from what I hear, most women don't just love this as often as much as I do, Hmm. I think. And that might have something to do with a lot of things, but I think that, that, um, 
just your love towards me and the way that you make me feel so emotionally close to you is what makes that a really fun aspect in our marriage most of the time. Hmm. And well, so maybe you weren't thinking about sex, but I was thinking about sex. So <laughs> we went there. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that I've ever thought in regards to like trying to, I mean, maybe I have, but I don't think I've ever thought in regards to like, mm, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I get this back from Katie. I think I really do seek out more of the the mood, not not just like the, you know, the action that I'm looking, that I may want or may desire. I do want there to be a mood of romance and a, a mood of oneness and of closeness. And I think that that's what I'm talking about more than like a romantic action or a romantic deed. Um, I, because that, that's obviously important, you know, and I think that we love those in marriage, but I also like just there being a, a mood of romance in our home. Um, and, and we've had that even at times, you know, in postpartum seasons or various seasons where sex was off the table, I still wanted a romantic mood in our home. And I think you did too. And so I think it's fun to identify those things that just create that romantic mood in the home yeah for sure for the record i wasn't assuming that you were talking about that it just your whole mood action thought made me think of that <laughs> yeah fair so, enough so but yeah no i think that's really important i think the physical intimacy is only so enjoyable as the whole romantic the mood and the emotion and mm. everything and that's something that it's actually something that i think is that I've heard from different women is that they feel like their husbands kind of try to butter them up before they want to have sex with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh, you look so beautiful today. Or they come up and they give them a hug or a kiss or want to snuggle them. And that can be kind of repulsive because they're like, I know you just want something from me. Hmm. And I've never felt that way in our marriage. And I think that's because Elisha does that every single day. You come up and you tease me, you hug me, we send flirtatious texts, we hold hands all the time, we're constantly touching. Whenever we're together, we're touching. Hmm. Now, I, I like to think we aren't like, you know, uncomfortably physical. Show it, show it. like you mean with <laughs> You know, like when we're in public, public settings, it's not like, you know, people are like, go go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but we're constantly holding hands and hugging each other and teasing each other and you're constantly telling me, oh, you look so good in that or um, just affirming me physically. And I like to, I hope that I do the same thing for you. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like I do feel always primed. Hmm. And and I think you feel that way too. And it's, it's not something that just happens when we want a certain act to happen. It just happens all the time. And as a result, we're always ready. And I would say this is, you know, during the 80%, the healthy seasons in our marriage. Oh yeah. There's definitely bone dry seasons where there's just not that emotional bandwidth there. And you're trying to put money in your spouse's bank account because there's just no emotional equity. Hmm. But I would say as a general rule, two things that have really helped us, I think have that emotional equity, you're constantly touching and then constantly affirming. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that's my point. It was, what's, what's your point? Well, that was something that I wanted to just bring up, I guess, is that that whole concept of not doing something because you want something, just doing something because you genuinely like the person hmm. and having that, you know, people might call it foreplay or whatever, but it really is just this flirtatious, you know, when you're dating, you're always ready for more time with your mm -hmm. 
with your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, you want to be close to them. You can't touch them enough, you know? And I think that that's how I feel most of the time in our marriage is I just can't be with Elisha enough. Mm. And it makes it really fun. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of times people talk about how children will be this infringement upon physical intimacy. And it's funny how I, I think you and I have used it as almost like um, a, a way to make that feel more like it's it's the scarcity makes it all that more of a, like a challenge and fun to go get physical intimacy. Like and it's even, part of the way we still have a rush in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can use it that way. And then also just how it's fun when, when you're all piled on the couch watching a movie to like sneak your hand, you know, through the couch and find your hand. Like you're, it's like you're going through kids and then like find your hand. And it seems like all the more special, you know, where you're, there's kids piled all over the place, but I still get to like hold your hand in the, in the pile, you know, or, or I get to reach through and, and, you know, touch the back of your head, you know, and just kind of like rub your hair. Um, to me, it makes it a little bit more, almost more special um, and not just because of the scarcity, but also because of like um, that potential barrier between you and, and the and the other person. Yeah, anytime you can't have something, that makes it more exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that kids really can create that excitement or that buildup effect because it's like, oh. I really like you right now, but like, we can't do this. Like we have all our kids around and like, you know, rain check. Yeah. And I think that that it it brings this really fun excitement to a relationship. Yeah. Also something that constantly gets brought up in female circles again is, Oh, I'm so touched out by my toddlers or I'm so touched out by all my kids. My husband touches me and I'm just like, Oh, like get off. And I know that there can be some things hormonally that can that can contribute to that. But I would really challenge that thought because a romantic touch from your husband is nothing like your toddlers grabbing at you, hopefully. (laughs) And allowing yourself to go to go to that place of like, oh, this is romantic. This is sweet. This is a fairy tale touch. This is not someone needy, grabbing, grubby, clawing. Hmm. And I just think to me, they've never aligned in my brain. And regardless of how many kids I have on top of me all day, when Elisha comes up and gives me a hug, it's like I melt. I don't melt when my two-year-old is like has a stinky diaper and <laughs> spits up on me. So I think, I think culture has said, yeah, they're the same thing. Like lump them in the same category. You just don't want to be touched. And I would challenge us to separate those out because they're definitely not the same, same kind of touch. I would hope not. (laughs) Otherwise I got a lot of competition in this household. Yeah. Everyone's going in for the kill. So something that I also think is really fun and, and we've talked about this before, but I think it's something that Again, especially in circles with couples with young kids, it's like spontaneity is not possible. And it's talked about like it's not an option. And you can still have very spontaneous, fun times as a couple. And I think that we have that a lot in our marriage. And that makes it really fun and exciting. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up spontaneity because I agree. Every time we're able to be spontaneous in, in anything, whether it's a spontaneous date, it's a spontaneous, like when the kids are taking a nap and we've got, you know, 15 minutes to do whatever, you know, to, to, to have fun with each other. That's great. Or even if the kids are sleeping, we just want to like go out to the backyard and talk and we go out there and it's spontaneous. It wasn't scheduled. It wasn't planned. It is really fun. 
However, I'm going to go into I'm gonna, since you brought this up, and I don't want to totally derail your point here. But, oh, I'm not. I'm not committed to the points like you are. You're oh, the point man. Okay. <laughs> today. Well, okay, but to my defense, there's been some tension in previous episodes where we didn't stick to the point process. I think it's like I've had seven points, so uh, that's been the tension. But I 100% agree with you. Spontaneity can bring so much life and romance into the marriage, but I also think on the other side of that, I think that my personality is prone to thinking, oh, if it's scheduled, it's not sexy, or if it's scheduled, it's not fun. And I, I challenged that thought... I challenge that concept in my own thinking, and I don't want to challenge it in other people's. I think it can totally be fun. I okay, think okay. structure and scheduling. Go ahead. But have we ever done that in our marriage? No. When I say structure and scheduling, I'm talking about things. Say, say, take Valentine's Day. Oh, it's it's just a day out of the month oh, yeah. that everybody pressures you to. I don't. I want to be different. I. It's like okay, that's fine. But why not use this day to remember to be really romantic? Do you want? Do you like receiving romance from me? Like at, at any day, you know, like yeah, not yeah. just because all the ad, even if all the advertising's like going gunning for me, and I see everybody at the store getting flowers for their wife. Is that like a good reason for me to not get you flowers, or is it a good reason to get you flowers? You know, like it's a good reason to get you flowers. Oh don't, yeah, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, or like definitely. for your birthday, or having a scheduled date night, where it's just yes. kind of like, oh, he doesn't really think that. You know, I think my fear was like she won't think I'm thinking about her all week if i just get like basically a babysitter on retainer for every friday night from 4 30 to 7 30 and it's like oh i forgot about date night but we're doing it anyways it's like no you just love being able to do a date night and, and you like that i think about doing a date night yes. with you wouldn't you agree yes, um, yes and so when absolutely. i say schedule or structure or maybe systems like i i love it even if like i feel like part of your prayer routine i think you have things like oh write elisha a note you know mm-hmm. i don't care if you wrote that note or put it in your planner a week before or you planned it you know earlier i love receiving the note from you it means so much to me and so i'm i'm not contradicting the spontaneity i think the spontaneity is fun but i also think sometimes that scheduling things and being structured i've i've downplayed that and i've like put my nose up to it been like oh anniversaries or valentine's day or it's it's overhyped or it's overdone and maybe all those things are true but it also can still be extremely effective you know and rewarding um so that's my that was one of my points yeah that's good yeah i think that there's so many different ways to make romance work for your relationship and i would say the only bad option is not not having it yeah not having that fun not having that uh that that rush of emotions it doesn't go away when you get married it doesn't have to go away when you get married i should mm. say you know people talk about infatuation wearing off or the honeymoon stage wearing off and yeah you reach this level of comfortability with your spouse but we're still you know 6 years in definitely having we create seasons of total excitement total of infatuation mm-hmm. and you know, you get that thrill in your marriage. And I think you want that thrill in your marriage because that's what keeps it fun. That's what keeps it exciting. Hmm. And just letting things be the same old, same old all the time can get really dull and monotonous and other things can look more exciting. And you're like, why, why am I stuck in this marriage to this one person? And we've done all that there is to do. And now we just rinse and repeat for Hmm. 60 years. Wow. You know, that's just not real, uh, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that motivating. really motivates some people, yeah. but it doesn't well, motivate me. I think that's just kind of a principle that I always want to have in life in general. And that's anytime you think you've seen it all or done it all or heard it all or learned it all, th- that is such a silly thought to have in any category of life. Like, I don't care if it's in your faith or if it's in your professional development or if it's in any any area of your life. Once you start thinking things like, Oh, we've we've done everything in marriage. It doesn't work. It's like no, there's there's no way any person on in this life has undercover has uncovered all of the hacks and tricks and benefits or the advice or the counsel that there is to be had in, in really any category of life. And so every time I I've even felt that thought coming in re- to my head regarding marriage, I've been like, wait a second, it's time to go back to it's time to go back to school on marriage. You know, let's get the marriage books. Let's get the, let's get some fun ideas going here. Cause that's a, that's just a, such a, a defeating place to be. And it's so unhelpful and it's just not true. Yeah. Something that I think can be fun are those little like couples question cards and asking questions to mm. your spouse that are like different than even the normal conversations because yes. the conversations can get stale. And so bringing up new things, learning new things about each other or pursuing new things individually and then talking about those yes. uh, can be really fun and bring new life into the marriage. I think of some things. So I got this Q&A on Instagram this last week and it's the question was how many times should a married couple have sex? And I just, I felt like that was such a trick question. <laughs> it was like, like in a lifetime? Yeah, no, like it? weekly. Oh. And I, but it got me thinking because I was like, what would I say? I think that there's different levels of drives within every couple. I don't think there's like the right number, the magic number. But I do think that something that Elisha and I have created in our marriage is that the amount of times is the amount of times that the person with the higher drive wants it in that season, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So there have been times when Elisha's had the higher drive. There's been times when I've had the higher drive. And one thing that we do that's really practical is we both shower before we go to bed. And I feel like that's kind of our way of saying, like, I'm available. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that if if anything, it's like when we don't shower, we know that the other person's like really tired. Yeah, well, and look at each other yeah. like, hey, just so you know, I really I, don't want to shower tonight. They're like, gonna, I don't want to shower either. It's like, great. We got to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And so it really serves as like that, that, yeah, like you said, that unspoken kind of like rule that we have or, or well, the way of, to communicate. Or, and you've, and you've also at times been like, like you'll, you'll be the one that says first, it's kind of like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to shower before bed. And I'll be like, got it you know and, and vice versa i'll be like hey i'm just you know i'm gonna go hop in the shower and it's kind of like the way to and give like, each other the heads up heads yeah up. i will say there's definitely nights like we shower i'd say like 99 percent of the time we also probably hang out 99 percent of the time in a physical way but there are definitely nights we both shower and just go to bed we just want to be clean too you know i'm not saying like we're just like Grubby. The only purpose in showering <laughs> is to have sex. No. Is to be ready. But like, <laughs> like that's just the general rule is, is we shower. And, yeah. and I think that that's nice because it's leaving it open to the other person. If it's a good time or if it's a bad, time. like if they're, if they want it, then like, great, let's do that. And, yeah. um, and that kind of segues. Wow. Look at that. Another segue into another one of my points. <laughs> 
I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh, uh, good. But very practically for me, something that I really want to remember is is keeping things interesting, even when it comes to very like vain, superficial things like your presentation, like how my haircuts or, or the senses, my deodorant or cologne, you know, or you brought up being clean on an, on a, like looking at this from a negative perspective, I think so many couples become such good friends, which is a total blessing of marriage. I love being friends with you, but they become friends to a point of always being casual with each other mm-hmm. and being able to, and just thinking it's, oh, we're fr- like, we've got this you know, unconditional love. I can look however I want, smell however I want, eat however I want, be as messy, be as crude, be as insensitive as I want because I know that they've got my back and we're friends here. Now, again, I love that there's a friendship element to our marriage, but going back to when you were trying to win the affection of your spouse, you didn't think that way. You know, you didn't pass gas when you were sitting on the couch together. You didn't go like multiple days, you know, without showering or you didn't think to like not put on deodorant when you were going to be in the car with them. And I think that oftentimes when we start getting lazy or we start getting too comfortable, we, st- we neglect like the, the basic things that are, uh, that are things that we're attracted to, you know, smells and, and the thing and how we look and, and how we talk to one another. And so I think things like even, you know, me getting a new cologne or, or, you know, finding out which deodorant fragrance you like the most, you know, or figuring out which haircuts you like the most, um, or even certain outfits that you really like. And you do the same for me all the time. You know, you do the same. And, and I really appreciate that. And, and at this, and, and on the flip side, like not, falling into these negative patterns of just being flippant all of the time. Are there times where you can be flippant? And and yes, of course. But then knowing that you also, the the same things that like won your spouse over are most likely going to win them over, continue winning them over, you know, like, you know, sweet talking them and romancing them. Those things like don't really change. Yeah. And yes, there's the blessing of unconditional love, but it's like, it's fun to love someone who wants you to love them who's like still wanting to win you over and so I think we both really try to win the other person over even though I know that Elisha loves me I know that I'm his one woman and that's a gift but I want it to be fun and exciting for him yes not just like well you're stuck with me so you know yeah like, it's there's that. like I want you to want me and you want me to want you yeah and early on it's like that that was there in dating and engagement it's like well I want that to always be there like yeah I, and I think when people say like oh dating is going to be so is like the best time of your life or being engaged is the best time of your life it's like marriage is 10 times more that because you have the commitment level there Mm. you have the confidence in the unconditional love so like that's all established but then you could still have this heightened attraction that you had while you were dating Mm. and engaged and that's something that i want to talk about which is as far as just like confidence it's in body image for women this is really big um and i've obviously gone through a lot of different weight sizes i've been very pregnant <laughs> a lot of times. And, you know, I got pregnant two weeks after we got married. So I started, my body started changing right away in, in our marriage. And not only did Elisha really make me feel affirmed through that whole process, but there are some things that help me when I don't really feel like it's fun to be intimate. And one of the biggest things is making myself so that I want to be noticed. I think if we go out 
to, you know, the grocery store, you can look around and see what girls want to be noticed, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're doing certain things. Maybe their makeup's done a certain way. Their hair's done a certain way. There's women who want to be seen as like put together. And then there's girls that are like really wanting attention. And I think that in a marriage, something that's helped me is if I'm like sweaty and it's been a rough day and my hair's frazzled and uh, bags under my eyes. It's like, I don't want Elisha to notice me. When he notices me, it's almost like repulsive to me, even though it should be probably affirming. It's like, just, just don't look at me. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But when I have gone out of the way to like do my hair, do my makeup, look cute uh, for me, I've mentioned this before, but like, especially at different weights for me, like putting on a self tanner is like an instant confidence booster for me. (laughs) It's like, I want to be noticed. I want someone to know that I look good right now. And that makes me a lot more likely to initiate with Elisha, to play with him, to flirt with him, or to just like go up and kiss him. You know, it's like, Hey, look at me, Hmm. you know, tell me I look good. And I feel like that's, that's been really good for our, our relationship uh, it's not surprising that we don't want to be noticed when we're just not feeling good about ourselves hmm. and and don't want to be seen really or touched or appreciated. Well, you know, it's I don't know if I should say this because I, I think you know it, but I don't know how this comes across. But I think I know that about you, and I want you, I want to set you up as best as I can to feel confident, to feel, and I know certain things like getting new clothes or something that make you feel that way, and I I try to facilitate you being able to. Go, go work out go, like you really or, with that. Uh, yeah you Watching feel so much better it's like okay well I want to facilitate these things not only because I want you to feel confident and and you know want to present you know and want to be seen um I also reap the benefit of that like I love it when you're confident I love it when you are are are, are happy with how you present I always love how you present and I and I always you know want you and I and desire you but it's way more enjoyable for me when you are comfortable with yourself. And so I well, want yeah. you to set you up to feel that way as much as possible. Yeah, it's a lot more enjoyable because you know that, you know, when I know you're confident, you know I'm confident. It's just way more fun than feeling like, oh, man, I need to, like, make sure they know they're awesome. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure, it's yeah. just you could be a lot more lighthearted and free. Yeah. And so and I do think that, uh, yeah. Anyways, it's just, that's something for me that's been really huge. Hmm. Um, I also think like if the adrenaline has not gone up in your marriage for a really long time, or for us, if we feel that way, or just kind of getting into ruts, like raise it. Hmm. We go out of our way to like do that. And that could be through a lot of different things. That could be through doing something that we haven't done before Mm -hmm. together as a couple and just like laughing, like riding jet skis going to an amusement park, mm-hmm. uh, riding snowmobiles, like doing something that scares us, jumping off a bridge into water, um, like getting out of our comfort zone in some way together mm-hmm. is a way that can really bring that like spike of adrenaline back into our marriage. 100%. And that just leads to a lot more oh, fun. For sure. Like, yeah. I mean, again, like as a married couple, like who says you can't like go park, you know, somewhere and make out and, and, and what, you know, like try to dodge the, the security guards at places, you know, like that's, that's fun. That is like you said, it's that element of adrenaline mm-hmm. that is really spikes the spike can spike the romance in the, in the marriage. Yeah. So that could be like through dating, through a shared experience. Elisha and I have gotten really into taking different classes yes. together that have been really fun. Yep. Um, 
I think some other things, oh, are going to specifically the bedroom. This does not, this does, this is not like limited to the bedroom is what I'm trying to say. It can happen in a lot of different ways um, and just with different interests. But in the bedroom, like, again, if, if everything's just kind of like humdrum, you know what to expect, you know what to happen, you're, you're, you have a rhythm, you have a routine, like break the rhythm, break the routine. Hmm. And I think that that could be, you know, going somewhere else. It could be doing something that your spouse just has written you off is like, they're never going to do that. They're never going to wear that. They're never going to say that. Hmm. And just like shocking them like oh you had me in a box well I'm not in a box anymore <laughs> you know I think that Elisha does that with me and I do that with him I'll say yeah. and um that's just really fun that leads to a lot of good times where we just like will bust up laughing or like oh my word you yeah. know I'm just yeah. I'm so shocked right now yeah and that's really fun to surprise your spouse mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways absolutely that's it did so, you say all your points yeah, did you? I did. I said all my points. <laughs> you said all your points. Yeah. So that's good. I just, I want us to not be limited to maybe some limiting beliefs that come to, with, to marriage, which say the excitement of it is over. So now just we can have friendship, we can have trust, we can have emotional security, we can have unconditional love, which are all beautiful, beautiful things. But we can't have that intense pleasure anymore or that... Hmm that high yes. of romance. Yeah. I'm reminded again, uh, I'm currently working toward, I'm doing this like course that will, the topic matter will remain unsaid, but it's something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. And I've been, you know, watching videos and I, I can dream about the outcome, what I want from this course. Okay. Elisha's like attending a Course. Of course, yes. It's like an in-person event, basically. But I, there's a lot of preparation that needs to go into it, too, that they give you all this homework and stuff. But it's funny, because prior to getting the homework and starting to do this stuff, I was like, that this is going to be awesome. And I think we do that with romance. We're like, that is awesome. And then you start doing the work, and you're like, oh, this it, it does require work. You forget that like, you've got this goal, but you can't lose sight of the goal. And I think that we sometimes lie to ourselves and say, oh, it's, it's unattainable, or it's mm -hmm. unachievable. It's like, no, it's like anything in life that you want and that's worth working that's worth having and it's going to require work and it's going to require getting outside of your comfort zone and learning new skills new habits new routines um but again it's so worth it well i like how you said we write things off as unattainable because yeah. something i see a lot again is this concept of oh hollywood what hollywood depicts is romance and love is fake and Honestly, I don't think that's true. I think that often, hear me out on this. Wow. When I'm, I'm I gonna... when I watch certain love stories, maybe they are just taking a certain strand of a love story and they aren't showing the real ups and downs or the real, um, you know, just rock bottoms that couples hit or whatever. But as far as the high points in a Hollywood relationship, that is 100% possible mm. in a marriage yeah. where it is hot and steamy and fun and you just can't get enough of your spouse like that's so possible you know what's interesting is yeah i mean i and i, I guess like, i see in like christian circles and conservative circles wanting to do i think we should be consuming that media no but do i think it's fake no hmm. and i think that we cheat ourselves out of an incredible blessing that god gave us you know you read 
Song of Solomon. It's like that marriage or relationship. I I don't quite know what Song of Solomon is, but regardless, it was hot, you know. And I think we cheat ourselves out of oh, that's possible in marriage because we're just like oh yeah, that's just like some dramatized Hollywood version of whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what brings up those things in conversations or in our outlook on life. I do think that a lot of times we're not good at measuring the wins, ma- looking backwards and. Because it's be I think you and I in a lot of areas of life just choose to to count to count the wins. We definitely want to learn from the losses, learn from the struggles. Um, but it's almost like people will say, "Well, you have to acknowledge all of the negative things that you ever go through in life." To be honest, or to be transparent, yeah. or to be you know um, authentic. It's like no, everything. Why would we? We don't have to do that at all. We can we can choose to look back on our marriage and remember the high points, knowing that we learned from the lessons, not ignore, not brush under the rug the hard things that we went through, but to remember those high points as motivation to be like, no, our marriage has been fun, and there's more of that to attain in the future, especially when we learn from the hardships and know that that's a part of the process. Um, and then I, I do wonder too: is it's almost like in people's maybe effort to want to prove the unconditional love they they think it has they think it has to be hard like it's not unconditional love if it's not hard and unconditional love obviously sustains a marriage when it is hard mm-hmm. and we've been through hard times and every marriage goes through hard times mm-hmm. but just because it's fun doesn't mean that that's not unconditional love and i think that it makes unconditional love all the more enjoyable when a relationship is fun and so it's worth striving for and it's worth striving for a romantic and flirtatious marriage. Yeah, and it's worth striving for with little kiddos. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely possible in seasons with little children. And I don't want to treat lightly that uh, romance and physical intimacy and all that, it's a very, very complex topic because there are so many things at play. It is spiritual. It is emotional. It is um, little things that you do can really jar and make it very painful. You know, you're opening yourself up to your spouse in marriage in a way that opens you up to a lot of potential pain and and vulnerability and all of those things. So I'm not treating it uh, lightly, I guess, and mm. saying like, oh yeah, this is just like fun and sparky and all that. I think that that is built on this foundation where Christ is the center and where there is that love of like a wife can feel totally open and free because her spouse, uh, her husband does love her so Mm. much. And I feel like that's why I feel like I'm able to feel so much freedom and fun in our marriage is because uh, you've protected our, the, the purity of our marriage. Mm. And I think that goes both ways in just how much trust we have for each other and respect we have for one each for each other. So Mm. I know that this is a complex topic and I know that if you're in a marriage right now where there's a lot of hurt or there's a lot of pain, um, I, I don't have the answers, but I know that Christ does. Mm. And I would just encourage continually seeking him because in that safety of marriage is where marriage can get really fun when you have a really safe place Hmm. in your spouse that's so good i love it that's uh, yeah i mean probably a good way to sign off i i feel like it's so good to look at marriage through the same lens we want to look at children and that's what does the bible say about it Mm -hmm. the the bible talks about it and with very high esteem it says it's good it says it's a blessing he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and you receive the favor of the lord and it says it's romantic it says it can be but that's straight from God's word and his design for marriage. And so we want to look to that as being our North Star mm-hmm. um, first and foremost. 
and then and then work towards seeing that come to fruition yeah i think it's i think it's cool to think god created romance Mm -hmm. and so so it's worth it's worth pursuing yes absolutely folks thank you so much for listening don't forget to sign up for top five tuesday better not forget okay talk to you next week week. bye-bye bye